Well, hello, folks. This is Schaefer Spires, medical director for Dayson, and this is our uh, bi-weekly Dayson Digest. Today, we are recording this one on August 8, 2022, and we have a very special guest today uh, discussing a, um, a report that came out uh, just a few months ago in a journal called Cell Reports, which I'll admit, I do not read this one very often, but this has gained a lot of uh, publicity, I would say, on Twitter and, and everybody in our uh, niche uh, stewardship and hospital epi have been talking about this paper uh, that's come out. And so it is an absolute uh, joy and uh, I'm pretty excited to have uh, senior author, Ginny Kwan, on today to talk about it. The, the title of the article is Acute and Persistent Effects of Commonly Used Antibiotics on the Gut Microbiome and Resistome in Healthy Adults. Uh, and, and just a, a brief introduction for Jenny Kwan. And, and I, uh, she, she is a hospital epidemiologist at Washington University in St. Louis and associate hospital epidemiologist at uh, Barnes Jewish. Uh, she's a transplant infectious disease physician. Uh, she has done a lot of work, I would say, in the microbiome world um, and uh, has done a, a great job describing for us uh, in more of a quantitative matter here in this particular study uh, what happens to the gut microbiome and resistone uh, after receiving uh, a course of antibiotics. Jenny? Thank you for being on. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you, Schaefer, for having me on this awesome podcast. Well, uh, appreciate you having us and taking the time. Uh, first of all, do, do you mind introducing yourself or adding, what did I leave out? Are you, uh, what kind of a lab do you run or do you have your own lab or uh, you just do hospital epi and epidemiology stuff? Yeah, so happy to do so. So as you noted, I am a uh, medical director of infection prevention and a senior epidemiologist at Washington University, and I have a research lab. It's really fun. I do clinical and translational research focused on antimicrobial resistance and infection prevention. And kind of the best part about it is that we take questions that we have at the patient bedside. As you mentioned, I do see patients. And then we design patient-centered studies that we take to our uh, research lab and then we are able to translate those findings right back to patients. We do this with a really robust team of research coordinators, trainees, and laboratory technologists who make it possible. And so I'm really excited to talk about this study with you today because it really exemplifies our mission to produce timely and clinically relevant research. And so thank you for having me on today. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, and, and that's the very reason I'm excited to talk about it and just kind of spread the news. I uh, have a lot of questions about the study. Just kind of being a uh, regular ID docs, they used a lot of terms in this uh, publication that I'm not completely familiar with. And so, not, and so I'd like for you, if you wouldn't mind, give me like a two minute brief summary of this study. And, uh, and then I can pepper you with questions afterwards if that's okay. That sounds great. So um, this is a CDC funded project. So um, CDC is really interested in antimicrobial stewardship and infection prevention. And so in this study, it is a study to really understand the impact of short courses of oral outpatient antibiotics on the gut microbiome and antimicrobial resistance genes. So in this study, we recruited 20 healthy volunteers 
So people who had not had any recent antibiotics and did not really have a plethora of medical conditions, we randomized them to receive one of four different antimicrobial courses, either azithromycin, cefpidoxime, levofloxacin, or a combination of uh, cefpidoxime and azithromycin. They all were five days courses of oral antibiotics. With these 20 volunteers, we collected stool samples from them before, during, and six months after the antibiotic. And then with those stools, we did shotgun sequ sequencing, which helps us look at gut microbiome diversity and the antimicrobial resistance genes. In addition, we also obtained remnant stool from ICU patients. Those were a single time point, but we did so, so we have a point of comparison of the healthy volunteers to that of ICU individuals. Yeah, absolutely fascinating. I, I, I love the, <clears throat> just the fact that you guys did viable culture testing to kind of prove what we all feel like we know. It, it reduces the, uh, exponentially, the number of viable bacteria in the gut, just taking uh, five days of these antibiotic courses. But then you also uh, really describe the composition of the microbiome and how it changes and then how the resistome increases uh, with antibiotic resistance. So th those are uh, two things that uh, I want to clarify just real quickly. If so, the gut microbiome bi biodiversity, or, or uh, is it is it uh, correct to say the species richness, like the higher amount of diversity, also means the species the higher species richness? And so, as you measure what happens to the species richness as it goes down, that's what you mean by the the mi microbiome diversity. Correct. Yeah, so I'd love to kind of go over some of these terms. So when we talk about gut microbiome diversity, um, what we're referring to is kind of uh, what you said, different types of bacteria in the gut. And in general, more diversity is better. I like to think about it like a glass full of uh, different pebbles and stones. If you have a glass full of stones of different sizes and shapes and a lot of them, it really fills all the little gaps and niches in that glass, making it harder for potential, let's say pathogens to invade. But then if we have a glass that is full of homogeneous stones uh, without lots of little ones to fill in the gaps, that leaves these wide open spaces for pathogens to invade. So when we are talking about the uh, gut microbiome, generally more diversity is better. And just like you said with species richness, what that refers to is a number of different species represented in some sort of ecological community. So here, the gut microbiome. So it really is a simple count of the species present. It doesn't really tell us the abundance, meaning how much of each species is present, but if you have higher species richness, we can equate that to have more diversity. Uh, well, that, that's, that's actually very helpful. Um, so, and then uh, I, I got one more question I want to get in a little bit uh, more about the results, but uh, the gut resistome, you know, it's a term that I can imagine uh, what exactly it means, and I've heard it before, but is that literally uh, specific resistance factors or uh, genetic factors that are that go up and down with the antibiotics? Uh, is that what you're measuring here? Yeah, so basically just that. So the resistome here, we refer to all the resistance genes present. So it's not just about the organisms themselves but what type of resistance genes that they harbor. So we could have a lot of E. coli present, but what we wanna know is, okay, is it a susceptible E. coli? Is it drug resistant? And if so, how resistant? So we really like looking at the resistome because 
it's culture independent, meaning we don't have to do culture and animal accessibility to understand how much resistance is there. Instead, we're just taking a look at all the genes present. Oh man, this is uh, so cool. And honestly, I'm so glad uh, you guys are doing this in such a rigorous way too. It it, uh, it makes sense. And I highly encourage a listener to uh, download this article and take a look at some of these figures. Because uh, these a lot of these figures will definitely make it into my next antibiotic stewardship talk that I give uh, somewhere. Um, but what that's so exciting. I'm, I'm very happy that you're going to use that for a talk. Um, I'm really hoping that it's helpful. Well, I'm sure you guys put, a, I mean, obviously you put a lot of work into this, so it, it will be uh, utilized. And speaking of, re, uh, of species uh, richness and microbiome diversity, can you uh, kind of, there was some differences in uh, the diversity recovery, I would say, uh, with the different antibiotics that, that were given. Uh, do you mind kind of elaborating a little bit on those results? Yeah, so um, it's really interesting, our findings. We looked at it in a couple different ways. So when we looked overall at all the individuals, what we found was that in general, before antibiotics, a healthy volunteer's gut microbiome was very different from that of an ICU patient, which, which is good news. We are hopeful that these people who are ambulatory and presumably healthy in the community don't have a gut microbiome that looks like someone who's critically ill in the ICU. But here's what we found, that no matter what antimicrobial regimen that the individual took, all 20 volunteers right after antibiotics had an acute decrease in the gut microbiome diversity and an acute increase in the number of resistance genes. So I think what that tells us is for anyone, even if they're healthy volunteers, a short course of antibiotics can indeed have an impact on what happens with your um, gut microbiome. So I'm sure the next question you have is, well, what happens over time? Acutely, sure, but what about it later on? So um, what's interesting is that by six months, most of these healthy volunteers, they bounce back to their pre-antibiotic state in terms of their resistance genes and in terms of their gut microbiome diversity. But there were three individuals whose gut microbiome profile actually shifted to look like an ICU patient. And that stayed there even at six months. So I think that is fascinating um, information that we were able to garner. Yeah, there's just something else that uh, the certain gut bi microbiomes are a little more resilient than others. Uh, and we're yet to figure out exactly why, huh? Definitely. And um, hopefully that will be something in the future that we can uh, better delineate. Um, Jenny, is the uh, the different? Can you talk briefly about the difference in the antibiotic and in the groups of, in their recovery? Like, I, I just the striking thing to me is this azithromycin uh, group that just did not recover after. And I'm looking at the graphs, and I want to make sure I interpret these right. But there was some level of, on a on a mean recovery around day 20 or at least between day 20 and 40. But the azith for the other groups, but the azithromycin groups really did not recover as far as species richness um, in the time you are measured. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, so um, you really read the article really keenly because I think that's something that is quite interesting. When we looked at both the kind of microbiome diversity and the number of resistance genes, um, the people who took azithromycin, they kind of had a longer kind of lull or longer kind of increase over time. So with azithromycin, it was interesting. 
for their gut microbiome diversity, these individuals kind of had uh, one kind of, I would say, you know, scar to their gut microbiome. And then over time, that didn't necessarily come back to their baseline state, even at six months. And even for resistance genes, if you compare the azithromycin group to that of the others, they had a larger burden of resistance genes over a longer period of time um, when we were looking uh, at the other groups. I mean, this is horrifying. If you think about how often azithromycin is given, especially in the outpatient setting, uh, for, for no reason. So it, the absolute destruction that is happening to your gut uh, is is actually worse than I thought it would be. Um, the other interesting thing I, I, I noticed that you guys uh, talk about too is that the increase in the resistance genes are not necessarily the resistance genes that are uh, important to the resistance to, of the actual antibiotic being given. It's just an overall increase in resistance genes. Do, do you have any idea why that's the case or is this uh, just something that we, we y'all already understood? Yeah, so you put, bring up a really important point that I don't think we quite fully understand, but my suspicion is it may have to do with what happens to the gut commensals. So it's not just about the organism that we're trying to target when we're giving these antibiotics, but all the kind of you know aftermath and what happens to the collateral damage, let's say, to the other organisms present. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. That makes sense. And I really like the metaphor you uh, mentioned earlier about the different size uh, rocks and stones to fill up a, a jar there. Really cool findings of this study. Uh, how is it impacting your practice? Yeah, so um, I think uh, this study, although our sample size was small, I'm super grateful to everyone who volunteered. And I think that podcasts like yours will help the impact of the study really be heard. There's a couple of important lessons that we learned here. Firstly, um, we know that for healthy individuals, uh, for these patients in the study at least, they were able to mostly return to their pre-antibiotic state after six months um, after the antibiotics. But for some individuals, three out of 20 in particular, in this study, this impact can be longer lasting. And so we really have to be thoughtful when utilizing antimicrobials, even for short courses. And we as infectious diseases, infection prevention and antimicrobial stewardship folks, we know that antibiotics are incredible and life-saving, but we really need to think when is the appropriate time to use them and how can we avoid adverse consequences? And the importance of the study is that it shows us tangible, concrete evidence that even short courses of oral outpatient antibiotics can increase antimicrobial resistance and lead to gut microbiome disruption, even having healthy volunteers shift towards an ICU-like state. So what this tells me is at the end of the day, we just need to be very thoughtful about the antimicrobials we use, how long we use them, prescribe them judiciously, and really work with our antimicrobial stewardship colleagues to do that. Well, this is uh, this is fantastic, Jenny. I, I really appreciate you coming on today, uh, and uh, we we obviously really appreciate the collaboration uh, that our uh, several of, of us in our division get to get to do with you. All right, well, that'll do it for our uh, days on digest today and look forward to uh, seeing you all or uh, hearing you all again in two weeks. 